Well, kia ora, if you're watching or listening online, we're so glad that you're joining us for this Father's Day. And if you're a dad out there, we just want to say we're, we're so glad that you too are a part uh, of this service. Church, can we say a big hello to those who are watching or listening online, wherever you are in the world? I mean, this is the day when dads in New Zealand are celebrated. They're celebrated. By the way, dads, you're amazing. I said, by the way, dads, you're amazing. Come on, somebody, help, help the dads out now. Uh, don't don't, don't for, forget that. And I pray, as Aaron said, you've got your latest copy of the Authentic Men's Magazine. That's the latest edition uh, of that. We've got that for you. You can sign up. Great, some great reading uh, for you uh, with that. But I, I want to say, dads, you're amazing. If you're a dad here today, could you stand up? You're maybe a granddad or whatever, or father figure, whatever. Stand up, stand up. Look at these dudes. Look at, look at how handsome they are. Come on, somebody. So I want to take a moment. I want you to stretch out your hands, and I want to make sure every dad here today is prayed for. I, I, I want you uh, to, 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 to know, men, fathers, granddads, that you are blessed. I want you to know it. Sometimes, sometimes we don't feel like we're, we're, we're hitting it like we should, but I want to tell you today, you're awesome. The world needs dads. Can I hear a big Amen. I said the world needs dads. I need a louder amen than that. It really, we have a, there is a war going on against fatherhood, I can tell you that. Friends, the world needs their dads. Would you put your hands out like that, fathers? And come on, let's just pray for them right now. Stretch out your hands. Lord, I just thank you for the privilege of being a father. We thank you for every dad that is in this auditorium right now. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that they would just know the blessing and touch of God today. We thank you, Father God, for, uh, for who they are, for, for, for that which they're trying to do. We know every father desires to work hard and to make a difference in his family's life. No one wants to muck it up. Everyone wants to do their best. And so I pray for every father today that they would know the blessing of God, the encouragement of God, and just the, the, the touch of God even today. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, amen. Come on, let's give dads one more big, big clap. Well done. I love being a dad. Thank you, darling. I love being a dad. I really, I, I, I really do. It's, it's just an awesome thing. I'm, of course, I'm now, I know I look so young, but I'm a grandfather. Yep. Yes, yes, the, the, the surgery's expensive. We will be taking an offering at the end of the service, but the... But I, but I love being a dad. I love being a papa. That's what Anna calls me now, papa. And, and, and by the way, hey, we got another grandchild on the way. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Grace and Kyle, not them. Just making it clear, just making it clear. Jeremy, you old son of a gun. Come on. Woo! Number two grandchild on the way. But I, I try to be the best dad ever. I try to be the best dad ever. We, we've got just Reuben at home now, although you wouldn't believe it if you looked at our house sometimes. I, I, we, we, we've just got Reuben at home, and although I do get random texts from time to time from Grace this week, uh, Dad, why is the TV not working? And my question is, why are you in my house? You know, for safety's sake, we tried to childproof the home, but they still get in. <laughs> Good, that, I'm glad that worked. But here and Jeremy, of course, we've got right next door, and every day we wind up the blinds and we can, we can see them. I, I wonder what the neighbours think, because us two older people are standing there like, and we're waving, and the neighbours are like, what are they doing? We're just waving at it because we love, I love being a dad. I love being a granddad, it's cool. 
like the coolest job ever. And I, like, like I said, I try to be the, the best dad ever. Sometimes they ask for help. And as, as a dad, you want to help. You want to you help. I, I don't always get it. I don't always get it right. You know, like, Dad, where's the Himalayas? Ask your mother. She puts everything away. <laughs> Some of you are slowly going through the... I don't always get it right, but I try to be the best dad. And I try to, sometimes I have questions and I do my best to answer. You know, why do, dad, why do zebras have stripes? I don't know. I don't know why zebras have stripes. Well, dad, why do elephants have trunks? I, I, I don't know why elephants have trunks. Well, dad, why do camels have humps? I don't know why camels have humps. Dad, are you getting annoyed with all these questions? No, you won't learn anything if you don't ask. Come on, somebody. Okay, that's slowly. <laughs> Helen's like. But I'm just being honest. I don't always get it right. I try my best to teach them. I, I, I do. I don't always get it right. But I love being a dad. And maybe you're a dad here today and you have a dad and you haven't got it right. Maybe you are a dad and you feel like, man, I haven't got it right either. The truth is, simply this, it's much easier to become a father than to be one. Oh, it is. It is much easier to become a father than to be one. I love what Mark Twain wrote in 1874. He said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. Come on, someone. <laughs> Charles Wadsworth wrote this. By the time a man realizes that maybe his father was right, he usually has a son who thinks he's wrong. Come on. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? But I think it's cool how the Bible calls God our father. The disciples, they came to Jesus one day and they asked him, how should we pray? How, how do we pray? And Jesus began his answer with these famous words. They're very famous words from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, which says, our Father in heaven. I mean, he could have started with so many things, our God and our King. He could, have, he could have started in so many ways, but, but he started with our Father in heaven, or as the King James Version, the one Jesus used, says, our Father which art in heaven. And so Jesus was, was like, when you, when you pray, when you begin to talk to God, when you begin to communicate with Him, start, begin by calling Him Father, which you understand when the disciples heard this, it was a little mind blowing for them. I mean, the construct or idea was, was not new to the disciples. I mean, they were aware that in the Old Testament, that God on a handful or a very small number of occasions was called Father. They were aware of that, they would have known, known that. But in those occasions, it was never in an intimate way. It was, it was not, they would have not seen God in an intimate way, the way Jesus was portraying. They would have not seen God as close. Rather, when the Old Testament speaks of God 
as a father. It's, it's distant. It's, it's abstract. It's father in the sense of a, a creative force, a one behind, the one that is behind everything. But it was not how someone would talk to God. It's not how someone would pray, speak, or address God. And so in that moment, Jesus changed everything. I mean, He addressed the Lord God Almighty. You've got to understand from a Jewish context, they couldn't even mention the name of God. They couldn't even, they, they couldn't even say the name of God. Yet Jesus in this passage, He addresses the Lord God Almighty, the, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who was and who is and who, who is to come as Father. It's mind-blowing for the disciples. And as He did this, it's beginning what is so famously called the, the Lord's Prayer, our Father in Heaven. I mean, the disciples had no doubt heard Jesus address God as Father before perhaps many times that they'd heard Him say it or use that, that term. But what was revolutionary for, for them, what the revolutionary thing was, was that this was not really the Lord's Prayer. It was actually the disciples' prayer. Because they had come to Him and they said, show us how to pray. And, and, and Jesus says, hey, look, when you want to talk to God, this is how you should do it. It wasn't the Lord's Prayer. It was really the disciples' prayer. They asked Jesus, how do we, how do, we do this prayer things? And he's like, guys, when you, when you pray, when you talk to God, talk to Him like this. Call Him Father. In other words, Jesus was saying, He's not a God who is far off. He's not a God who is distant. He, 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 is a, he, he is a God who is close. He is a God who is knowable. You can know Him. And friend, if you're here today and you're saying, man, I, I feel so far away from God, I want to tell you today, can somebody like me ever come to know? Maybe you're, you're feeling distant from I want to tell you today, you can know Him. You can know Him. Our God is knowable. And this was like revolutionary to the disciples. That we can actually know Him. And understand from an Old Testament context, Exodus 33 verse 10, we don't have time to read. But see, in their mindset at those times, we just take it for granted today. But in those, those times, only dudes like Moses could speak Speak to God like a man speaks to his friend. Only, and, and it was only in certain places too, like in the, the, the tabernacle or the, the tent of meeting. And so when the disciples heard this, that, that this was mind-blowing for them. In that moment, they realized Jesus was not talking about religion or, or some type of religious observance. He was talking about a relationship. In that moment, they realized He's not just our God. He's our Father. And of course, that means if He is our Father, that makes us... Yeah, it's not a test. It makes us 
his children. That means God, I'm your child. I'm your kid. You're his kid. You're his son. You're his daughter. As the disciples realize that if he is our father, we are his children, sons and daughters. And this blew their minds, the fact that they could call God Father. See, the God of the Bible, of course, has many names, many, many titles. But as William Wordsworth said, Father to God himself, we cannot give a holier name. You know, people address me differently depending on the relationship that we have or I have with, with them. Some people will call me pastor. Other people will call me uh, Adam. Some people will call me boss. Other people call me mate. Some people will call me buddy. When my wife sees me in my firefighter uniform, I can't even say in church what she calls me. Lord, Jesus, thank you, somebody. But nothing gets my attention like hearing the word dad. Why? Because the only people, the only people who can call me dad are my kids, my children. No, nobody else. I mean, it would be weird if other people called you dad. I did a funeral once. And here, and the people are here today who were part of that funeral. It was an awkward moment. And I was then doing the service. I thought I did really well. I prepared it really well. I was a great, great man. And I got up, and as I did the condolences to the family, to the children, Bob, Frank, Henry, Jason and Gillian, our hearts go out to you today. And I felt the funeral went fine. At the end of it, I came out. I was pumped. I was like, that was a good funeral. I felt I'd honored the family and that. And I, so I gathered with the family. I was like, how was that? They're like, it was good. It's really good. Could you tell us, who is Jason and Gillian? <laughs> I'm like, you don't know who Jason and Gillian is? No. Did dad have kids we didn't know about? Or... And then I realized I'd made a pastor's mistake. Because we've got a, you know, we've, we're busy, so we cut and paste. And then it suddenly dawned on me, Jason and Gillian was from the last funeral that I... <laughs> Can we clap for that family who forgave me today? They're here in the room right now. But I said I'll be sharing that around the world for sure. Because they're like, no one else can call them dead. Only the kids, only the children can call dad. That's the kid's purpose. Now, now, usually when my kids say dad, if I hear that word dad, they usually want something. Can I hear a good amen from all that? <laughs> dad, can we come for lunch? Dad, can we borrow some money? Dad, can I get a lizard? <laughs> These are all questions that we've had. I love that joke. Dad, can I borrow your car? Well, yes, get a haircut. Oh, Jesus had long hair. Yes, and he rode a donkey. Come on, somebody. Amen. (laughs) 
But see, I wouldn't exchange anything for the privilege of being called a dad. I see, I've watched you and Jeremy. You know, they've had Anna now for over a, over a year and yeah, year and four months. Yeah, and, and that, they've worked hard. I mean, we all do. It, it was a race. Is, is, he gonna, is she going to say Papa first or Daddy first or whatever? You know, so, so I, I've watched how hard they're trying. And, and some of you have done it. Some strange things happen to parents when they have, have kids. And so, so they'll do stay because they want her to say that word. And what word do they want her to say? I mean, I mean they, they have many titles. They're providers. They're, they're, I was like, please say provider. Come on. And what, what's the word they want to hear? It's like, Jeremy, uh, you know, he'd be going to the photographs. Daddy. 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 Say it before mummy. Daddy. But they're working really hard because every father wants to hear those words. Daddy. Daddy. I mean, I know Gia too. She's been working hard on mummy. And, 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 you know, one day she dropped Anna off, as she usually does, very early in the morning and went off somewhere. Anna turned around for the first time just a few weeks ago and said, Mummy, as Gia was walking off. And we were looking after her again. But as Gia was walking off, Anna went to the window and went, Mummy. And we caught it on video. And we sent it to Gia. She was at work and serving a sandwich. And then she just bawled her eyes into the sandwich. And it fell face out. But she wept. She wept when she saw it. Because every parent, every dad just longs to hear the word daddy. And only our children can call us that. They were, I mean, they work really hard. Every photo, every time, say daddy, say daddy, say daddy. Someone said you spend the first two years of their life teaching them to walk and talk, and then you spend the next 16 telling them to sit down and be quiet. Come out here, and I go, hey. <laughs> and all the parents said, amen. <laughs> but they work hard to say those words, to hear those words. Daddy, and it's a special moment. You should see how excited he is. I said, oh, good girl, and for saying it. We love it. You know, every dad longs to be called daddy. I, uh, like I said, people address me differently depending on the relationship that we have. And some say pastor, some say Adam, some say boss, and others made. I, uh, I, I remember one child in children's church. This was a few years ago. They saw my photo somewhere in the paper or something and said, Hey, hey, Dad, Dad, isn't that the supreme intergalactic leader of our church? I was like, I kind of like that title. That's come on. That's kind of, oh, I'm the supreme intergalactic leader. But it would be awkward, you know, if my kids called me by my title. Hello, provider. Hello, national leader. It would be kind of weird now. Every now and then I have to remind my kids, especially Grace, I have to remind her. That, you know, sometimes she'll come into the office and she'll just burst in and she's like, Dad, Dad! And she'll start telling me what it's like. It's Pastor Adam right now. <laughs> you got to remember that. But to see that it's always Dad first. 
And see, I want you to understand here, she can burst in and, and, and do that because I'm her dad. Because the, the, the fact, here's the thing, but when, when you're a child, when you understand, because she understands she's a child, she has access. Yeah. Oh, come on, I'm preaching good right now. She has access. I mean, I've got a PA, I've got an alarm system, I've got security measures around people, but, you know, other people, Sometimes if they, if they want to see me in my capacity as a national leader, they make an appointment. So I mean, someone made an appointment this week. They got it wrong. They came at 10 o'clock. They should have come at 1 o'clock. We had to send them away and they came back at 1 o'clock. But here's the thing. My kids can turn up anytime. Come on. Why? Because my kids have access. Why? Because they're my kids. And they can come in and they can walk in and go, Dad. Friend, I want you to understand here today. See, some of you are relating to God as king, and he is a king. We'll stand here and say he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But that's for some people as deep as it gets. Yeah, I understand God's my king, but here's God's heart. God's longing is that you would know him as father. Because, friends, when you understand that you're a child of God, you have access. You have the ability to walk in without fear and trembling. You have access. Why? Because you're no longer a slave. You're free. You are a child of God. Friend, I want to tell you, Today, by, by understanding that, that if He is your Father, we are His children. You're not illegitimate children. You're not uh, something uh, far. You are His child. He could have chosen so many things, so many titles to begin that prayer. Our Father, Lord of heaven. I mean, He could have said, O King and God. But he chose to begin with our Father. Not King of Kings, not Lord of Lords. He's your Father. And if he's your Father, you are his child. If you are his child, you have access to enter into. Maybe somebody else has to make an appointment, but you have access into the throne room. Can I hear? Uh, you, you have access. Yes, your father might be a king. Your father might be holy. Your father might, uh, might, 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 might cause the, uh, the, the foundations of the earth uh, uh, to shake, but he is your father. Yeah. Tap your neighbor and say, you need to hear that. You need to get past knowing God by what He does. Oh, He's my provider. He's my king. God wants to remind you today that He would long to have us know Him as Father. The Scripture says He desires that we would know Him as Abba, Father. And no, that's not a Swedish pop group. But Romans chapter 8, verse 15. It says, so we have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him. Everybody say now. Yeah. Now. Now we call him Abba, Father. In the Aramaic, in the Aramaic language, Abba is the word. It's derived from baby. 
language. It's the language a small child would, would use to say Abba, meaning daddy. And so God's heart is that we would know him as daddy. An affectionate, a, a wanton, not just father. Hello, father. But that you would know him in a warm and affectionate and loving way. I love how another version puts that same passage. It says, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Come on, somebody. Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Somebody needs to hear that today. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Oh, I'll say it again. You have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join, in, uh, join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. Galatians 4, 6 says, Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You know, just as a, as a father waits for a son or daughter to call him Daddy, I want to tell you, God longs for us to call him Abba, Father. You know, watching Anna sometimes, as she's been learning to speak and say words, it's, it, it, it's, you know, it just didn't flow. It was, it was hard for her to say, say Daddy. It took a it took a while, and I just want to say sometimes as sons and daughters of, of God, we can find it hard to call God Daddy, to call God Father. And it's, it's usually because our experiences with our earthly father affect how we, we see our heavenly father. So, so, so it can be hard for us to say Daddy. I mean, maybe your earthly father had, has let you down. Maybe he was harsh or, or maybe he, he left you. Maybe you blew it one time and when you blew it, he blew up. And you, you, you started thinking maybe from, from childhood that he wouldn't want me. My father doesn't want me as a son or as a daughter. I said to the earlier service, I said, even though a lot in that service are, are older, I never assume that people have got through those things because I've, I, I, I've, I've known people who are on the brink of, their, brink of their death who cannot forgive their father, who cannot let go of those things. They might be, they might be 80 years old and, and, and still struggling with stuff that their father said when they were six. Or did when they were seven. And because of that, because of that difficulty, they find it hard to, to relate to God as Father. Sometimes because they've mucked up, they think God would never accept. This is my Father didn't accept me. God will not accept me. And I want to tell you, we would be wrong if we were to think like that. You know, our mission is connect church, is to connect people to Jesus and their purpose. 
For the last couple of years, we've shared over, over the time the parable of the, the lost sheep and the shepherd. Jesus told the story of there were 99 sheep, but one had gone missing. And the Bible says that, G, that G, this shepherd, Jesus, as he was telling this story, said this, this shepherd leaves the 99 and goes and searches for the one. And we've said as a church, we want to be ones who go after the one. We want to be ones who go, go after that lost sheep. That's what we want to do. The shepherd left the 99 and went after the one. And I, I know different people have, have said, but what about the 99? What about the 99? I mean, we're here every weekend. Must we always be about the one? What about those who remain? What about the 99 who are here? Why, why do we go after the one? That comes down to simply this, the heart of a father. The heart of a father. See, I lost my daughter once. We're on a busy street in India, and I think I've shared the, shared the story on, on MG Road. It was crowded. There was thousands along. It's not like walking down the street here. There's literally thousands and thousands of people. It was like 9 o'clock at night. Thousands. We were with the kids, and we were walking through. The, and suddenly, I turned around, and Grace was gone. She was gone. And so suddenly, I mean, it's a scary thing, right? If you've, if you've lost your kids like that, and I'm like, has she been kidnapped? Has she been, has someone taken, uh, taken her? And I'm starting to panic, and Anita's panicking. Where is Grace? Where is Grace? And so we're, we're, we're rushing now. Just as we're starting to look, I said to Anita, you go this way, I'll go this way, let's look for her. And just as I said that, all the electricity in the whole street went off. It went completely black. And so we're freaking, we're like, Grace! Grace! And she was lost in a desperation. I'm looking everywhere. Where are you, Grace? Grace? I mean, I was, I was screaming. I'm sure Anita was screaming in the other direction. You know, through that time, not once did I go, you know what? I've got two other kids. I've got two. What? I mean, hey, I've lost one. I've got two. It's not too bad. That's the heart of the father. That's the heart of the Father. See, he'll never go, oh, I've just got, oh, I've got two. i got 99. Because the heart of the Father will always go after the one lost sheep. That's why we do what we do. That's why we say it. Because the heart of the Father is to search for that which was lost. And here, let me tell you something about Grace. She didn't even know she was lost. When the lights came back on a minute or so later, someone had found, I don't know if it was Anita, I can't remember, but she just wandered. She was oblivious to the fact that she was lost. But we found, and I don't tell you, we live in a world where people are oblivious to the fact that they're lost. They're lost in the dark, but they cannot see. They're not aware. Come on, good preaching. And so the heart of the Father will always seek after the lost. That's why we do what we do. And Jesus goes on in that same passage of Scripture in Luke 15, verse 17. He goes on to share what is probably one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. It's one where we see the return of a prodigal son, the return of a wayward son. But as amazing as that parable is, it also captures the heart of a father, the heart of your Father, and he's trying to walk very quietly on the stage. 
Yeah, come on. <laughs> that wayward prodigal son. You know the story, he wastes his life. He comes to his senses. He's wasted his inheritance. And he says, I'm going to return home to my father. And as he does that, where do we find the father? We find the father standing, looking, searching. Searching the horizon. Where? When will he return? When will he come? And the Bible says that while the son was afar off, it says the father saw him and he ran to him. And when he ran to him, he didn't run to him and go, See, I told you. He, he, he didn't run to him and say, Hey, come to eat humble pie. No, the Bible says he, he, he ran to him and he embraced him and he, he kissed him. He brought him a robe and a ring and some shoes for his feet. He wasn't pointing the finger at and I'm saying, you're useless. I told you this had happened. He received that. The heart of the Father. Friend, you might be here today and you might be thinking, God would never receive me. I want to tell you, you're wrong. I want to tell you, there's a God in heaven who, who loves you and will receive you if you would come. As in my study Bible about a month ago, maybe a couple of months ago, and a letter fell out. It was a letter from Gia. I don't know if you can see that, but it's a little picture that Gia wrote. She used to do these pictures. But she must have been naughty as she was. But she said, Dear Daddy, she wrote this letter. She was in her room. She's like, Dear Daddy, I am ever so sorry for what I did tonight. I felt so horrid. I felt so horrid when I went to my room. I wanted, I wanted you to hurry and come and talk to me. Friend, do you want God to come and talk with you? I'm so glad that you are my dad and I think that you don't have to try to be a good dad. You already are. You are so special. You're the best daddy anyone could have. I'm crying writing this because I love you. And I'm so glad that I'm not a little brat. All thanks to you and mum. I love you and hope you will forgive me. God bless. Maybe you're here today and you've been feeling horrid. That God can never love me. That God can never accept me. I want to tell you today there is a God in heaven who will run to you embrace you and kiss you that is the heart of our father friend you can know him today oh he's not just a great king he's not just the holy of holies he is not just the one who the angels bow down to he is not just the creator of all heaven and all earth he is your father and He's carved your name. Oh, so many people will forget you. 
but he will never forget you. He has carved your name on the palm of his hand. This is your father. Well, maybe you're feeling horrid today, but would you turn to him? Maybe you're here today and you're going, oh, I'm longing, God, that you would run into my room, into the spaces of my life, that you would come into the spaces of my life and sit with me. I weep for God can see your cry. He can see your tears. But would you come to him? For he will run to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this auditorium, If you're here today and you know you need to come back to God. If you're here today and maybe you know that I've just been relating to God as a king. I've just been relating, for whatever reason, because of what my dad did or whatever, I haven't been able to relate to him as father. But today I want to I start afresh, no matter how difficult it feels. Because I've become aware right now that God is, is a father and He is for me. And He who is for me cannot be against me. And you're here today and you're going, man, I need, I need Him to be a father in my life. Maybe you've soft up and you feel horrid, but you're going, man, no, I need Father, I have a Father in my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm asking you today, if that's you, if you're desiring a fresh revelation of the Father today, would you just put your hand up wherever you are, wherever you are, just say, man, I need a fresh revelation of who God is. I need to receive it. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on. In this place, you know you need to. It's just not as free as what it needs to be. Thank you. Anyone else? Let's just pray right now. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. So Lord, I ask you today that you would give me a fresh revelation of who you are as Father. <laughs> Wash me, cleanse me, forgive me, and help me know you in a real and living way. You're my King, you're my God, but you're also my Father. And your Father first. Give me this revelation. This I pray.